This is Brave Men, episode number four, and I am about to talk openly with a sex therapist. (laughs) That's right. You know, probably what I'll do is I'll just ask her questions for a friend of mine. Isn't that what we often do? We kind of push it off somewhere else and things we don't quite want to talk openly about. But Nancy Houston is an author, speaker. She's a licensed professional counselor, and she's a certified sex therapist. And we're going to talk about some real stuff here over the next few moments. Now, Nancy and her husband, Ron, are good friends of ours. Judy and I like to say we have our own personal sex therapist. Ron's in construction. They're an incredible couple. They've been married for over 40 years. They've got four sons, six grandchildren. And uh, she's also director for John Townsend for his leadership program in New York City and the Dallas-Fort Worth area. She has written a new book. We're very excited. We can't wait to see it. It comes out the first part of 2018. It's simply called Love and Sex. Pretty well says it. Judy said, it's not sex and love. It's love and sex. Nancy has uh, touched so many people's lives. She has a a workbook and and DVD series called uh, Marriage Revolution. And uh, she uses this and she talks to people about real things and she helps them heal relationally. She recovers their souls, but it's all based on the word of God and biblical truth. So Judy and I are over here at her home, at her and Ron's house, to find out this. Here's my first question. Who is more messed up, men or women? It's Brave Men with Paul Lewis Cole. Wisdom and courage for the journey. Brave Men starts now. So, uh, Nancy, thank you for being with us today. Oh, I'm delighted to be and, here with uh, you. It's called, uh, the podcast is called Brave Men, mm-hmm. Wisdom and Courage for the Journey. So let me ask you uh, this question. Nancy, you've been a family counselor. You work with people on different issues, in particular sexual issues and dysfunction. Mm-hmm. So who's more messed up, men or women? <laughs> Oh, you know, I I think we all serve our equal time on that. Um, They do say that females follow men sexually and that we're about 10 to 15 years behind men. So, for example, like, oh, 20, 30 years ago, porn wasn't a really big issue for females, but now it is. Wow. Because we're following in the really? footsteps of what men are doing. So we're equally messed up. Yeah, we really are. I mean, <laughs> you know, you just look through the Old Testament and you see how sexually messed up the saints are. I mean, our sexual confusions and delusions and acting out aren't anything new. King David had some issues. He did. He did. As did Abraham and Judah and... Many of the others, I mean, probably Joseph is the one we can look at who really exemplified sexual purity as far as we Mm. know. But, you know, Solomon with, what, 900 wives? (laughs) You wonder what was going on there, right? (laughs) Well, you don't wonder. You kind of know. You just wonder how. I think for most men, they're wondering. Yeah, how did he do that? We know he could afford it. Yeah. Yeah. Right. But uh, this is fascinating to me because now here we are in our world today, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah. And it feels like we're dealing with some of the same things they dealt with back then, 2,000, 3,000 years ago. Yeah. 
wouldn't we have gotten better at some things? What is that? You know, don't don't you wish that we would evolve in some ways that are really helpful? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, my concern is, I think in some ways, where things are escalating with the use of internet pornography is just literally changed our world Mm. and changed marriages and changed what's happening to our children. Our children are being exposed at such young ages Mm -hmm. to adult sexuality and oftentimes violent adult sexuality. Mm. And it's having such an impact on what they think is normal and what they think is okay. Mm, right. And boys, you know, 14, 15 year old boys are asking girls to text them pictures of pictures themselves, themselves naked. And then these girls will do it because they think their job is to make boys That's happy. Their own way. Right. Yeah. That they and, get approval, right. affirmation. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, so we as people are, we must be built. Mm-hmm. in some way for affirmation and approval. Is that is that accurate? Well, we really are, and we're all sexual creatures. I mean, we are born sexual creatures, and, you know, we don't like to think about it, but our 90-year-old grandmothers are sexual creatures, mm-hmm. you know? And so we're sexual in nature, and yes, God designed us for relationships and for sexual relating. I mean, all we have to do is look at our anatomy and see how God designed right. us. For human, relational, emotional, sexual connections and relationships, it's just, we have a hard time getting them in the right context. Why is, why is it, you know, we're talking about internet pornography. Um, why is it so addictive? Mm. What is that? Well, for many reasons. Number one, you know, even people put things on Facebook and every time they get a like, they get a dopamine hit to their brain. Oh, okay. So, for instance, Instagram or yeah. Facebook. Mm-hmm. And uh, we had a, a, a former congressman who texted people. Yeah. And every time he hit send, yeah. you're saying something Oh, yeah. We get, happened. It, it That's why our, he, he got addicted to it. Right. It hits our reward center. So you think about the power of the Internet which Mm. things will hit our reward center there and release dopamine. And then human sexuality, when you have human sexual contact or even even not human sexual contact, Mm -hmm. but you've got pornographic contact and there's a sexual release, it hits that dopamine reward center. And our our brain likes that. So, well, then, well then, okay, then why did God give us dopamine? Yeah. Just to mess us up when we're 14? Well, not really. I mean, you might think that, right? I mean, it's it's we, we so misuse it. But mm-hmm. God created it so that husbands and wives would be sexual with each other. So that right. there would be that release of dopamine, which is a bonding hormone. The problem is people are bonding to images and they're bonding to wow. their devices instead False of idols. right instead of yeah. bonding to like their spouse, which is what God wanted. Or when a mother gives birth to an infant, she has huge downloads of dopamine wow. that God created really? so she would bond to this infant. Total connection. Total connection. Yes. Even like you know how people love to smell the top of a baby's head <laughs> it's because there's some we get a dopamine release and there's wow. bonding and attachment yeah. the sensory yes you know it's true my my daughter uh <laughs> had her little baby in the grocery store yeah and there was a woman behind her in, in line and the, the woman just had to reach out and touch her baby my, yeah. my daughter's like uh 
that's my child. Actually. I know, right? But the woman is like, she couldn't help I it. I can't it help was it. Like, eh, yeah, it's baby. I want to touch you, and everybody wants to do that. And same with when a man and a woman go skin to skin. There's a dopamine release, and you know that can be really, really meant for good, mm-hmm. but that can also work for evil. So, so somebody could actually become addicted to touch. Yeah, and it wouldn't matter who it is. Well, in some ways, it's like, um, you know, sometimes we wonder, well, why is that female staying with that abusive male? Mm. And it's probably because their relationship is sexual. And so they say, whoever a female is having an orgasm with, she's attached to him for the next three weeks. And whoa, so, whoa, whoa, wait a minute. <laughs> Go back on that. This is, this is science. Yeah, this is not, no, no, being, no, okay, this this is is not First John 3, chapter 3. Right. So tell me that again. Well, so... We wonder why a female would stay in an abusive relationship Mm -hmm. with a male. Well, it's oftentimes because their relationship is probably sexual in nature. And neuroscience teaches us that whoever a female has an orgasm with, she is attached to, she is bonded to with him for the next three weeks. So she'll overlook some of the abuse and the battering and the verbal abuse and emotional abuse because she's attached to him. And the same thing's true for men. I mean, there are men who are in abusive relationships. Mm -hmm. But if the relationship has a sexual component, then there's a bonding and attachment. And so that so that dopamine is that when when Judy walks in the room and I see her and something jumps in me, is that what Oh sure, because, yeah. yeah, because I like that. You guys, have, yeah, and it's wonderful yeah. and beautiful. And God wants to give you those love drugs to help a couple stay married for life. Wow, you know, it's meant to be for good. It's wow. meant to help us with our. And the enemy has used it falsely for yeah. evil. And it's meant to help us with our irritations and annoyances of just doing married life together, right? It's kind of like oil that God's provided. Yeah, I would say that, uh, you know, I thank God that my wife has extra dopamine. So she's been able to put up with me. Well, you know, it's true. And and actually females do. Men have released more of norepinephrine, which is called the male, um, like the male faithfulness. Hormones. It's wow. meant to help men stay faithful to one one woman. Okay, so so in other words, if a man's hooked on dopamine, yeah. it it in actuality, it almost stifles the faithfulness drug. Would, well, what would that happens? Be the case? What I'm seeing in so many marriages now is that men get very addicted to the false images that, that pornography provides. Right. And so they get very attached to that. It becomes very addictive. They start planning their lives around when can I get my next hit? Wow. Because it is more fa- powerful than crack cocaine. And then they actually stop making love to their wives because they're no longer receiving their dopamine hits from this intimate love wow. relationship. Wow. They're receiving it from these false these images. False, yeah, false images. And and then they become very attached here and they start neglecting this relationship. And she can feel very unloved and very unwanted and very hmm. uncared for. Even even though he might be saying the right things. Yeah. Acting the right way. Bringing home his paycheck, you know, yeah. all the things we think as men we're supposed to do. Right. They're actually still disconnected in yeah. an unseen place. Well, what 
important as to a person's brain is it damages that prefrontal cortex. And so it damages the relational cording centers of mm. our brain. I think that's why we're seeing fewer and fewer young men get married because porn is meeting this need and it's damaging their prefrontal cortex. Wow. And it damages our relational brain. And what I'm concerned about is then how does it then affect our relationship with God? How does it then affect our relationship with other human beings? Because, you know, God at the very beginning said it's not good for mankind to be alone. We are relational creatures. And I think what the enemy has done is he's brought in this great deception and it's harming all of our human interactions and relationships. Mm. And we're not having, we're not creating the family of God the way God mm. wanted us to have. So you, you, know, you deal with counseling, yeah. you counsel people like this yeah. and, and walk through all of these things. Uh, it's normal people. Yeah. It, yeah. We're not talking about somebody that's just off. No. So these no. are, it's us. I, it's us, normal I, people yes. who get into these things. I see wonderful, highly functioning people who are church members, pastors, elders, wow. business leaders, contributors to the world we live in. Mm. But their marriages are really hurting and really struggling. And the, the, the main denominator I keep seeing over and over and over is the influence of pornography. Really? Yes. In all of this, in all oh, of this function, pornography yeah. is always at a center point. It, it. You know, it wow. just is. And, but beneath the pornography, and pornography is still a fruit, you know, it's not the root. And right. the, really the roots of our sexual dysfunction go back to family dysfunction, family of origin dysfunction. It goes back to personal traumas. Like, I cannot tell you how frequently people have been sexually abused as children, and then we see the sexual acting out in adulthood. Mm. And it's destructive, but they haven't worked through down into the roots. They focus on the fruits. Like, I'm going to pray harder. I'm going to read my Bible more. I'm going to get a buddy to hold me accountable. And I'm like... Well, we do that as men. Yeah, right? And I'm like... That's great, but that's not going to heal the roots. Mm. We got to dig in deeper and figure out what traumatized you. What happened to you? Were you ever touched inappropriately as a child? What was that like for you? Let's talk about that. I think what we need to do is create much safer Christian communities where we can have honesty and transparency, and we're not going to tell each other, buddy, you just need to try harder. You need to suck Mm -hmm. it up. You need to pull yourself up by your bootstraps, and you need to get your act together. That just isn't helping men. You know, Christianity for the last few hundred years has been very, uh, if you will, transactional. Yeah, you're right, um, Based on the atonement, um, if you do this, Jesus did this, so now you do this, so now you're good. Yeah. Whereas uh, I believe we're in an age, and I believe what, what I see happening, Nancy, and, and I pray this happens through what we do with Brave Men and with Christian mm-hmm. Men's Network, the Global Fatherhood mm-hmm. Initiative, is the incarnation of Christ. In other words, the living out of the actual presence of God Mm -hmm. in our lives. Because then it's not just a transaction, hey, you're good. It's let's walk this out. We all have stumbles, imperfections. How do we we walk it out? So let me ask you this, and and just a couple more things I want to hit. Yeah. 
Uh, I want to hit two things in particular. What are some of the key issues, mostly men that listen to this podcast? Mm -hmm. what, are, what do men need to know that women would want them to know? Mm -hmm. And then secondly, how do we solve these things in our faith in Christ? You know, women are really interesting creatures. They don't do well when the man they love is hiding from them. They wow. don't do well with secrets and hiding, and he doesn't let her know him. And that was the first reaction of Adam. Right. When he sinned, yeah. he hid. He did. So men, by nature, hide. Yes, by nature. And I think men are at very young ages are taught how to do that. Mm. They're told, get over it. Stop acting like a girl. Yeah. Suck it up, buttercup. Suck it up. Yeah. And I'm like, that is so destructive because we never see Jesus living that way. Mm. Like when Jesus was sad, he wept. Mm. When he lost his friend Lazarus, he wept. Yeah. When he was angry, he of course, raged. He raised him from the dead too, so that was pretty cool. Right. Yeah. But but yet we have to ponder. But he was emotional. He about it. he was. He stopped yeah. to mourn before he, no, he did. traveled yeah. to go do the healing. So I think what men really need to know is that we need to provide safe context for men to come out of hiding, mm -hmm. for them to stop doing their. They're false pretending, like, I'm okay, I've got it together. So what a woman wants yeah. is a, for a man to be authentic, yeah. if you will. Yeah. I mean, that's a, maybe that's a two-current, well, what, what I does just, that mean? I just had a woman here in my office, mm -hmm. and her husband has had relationships. He's slept with prostitutes. He's been to massage parlors. He's been to strip clubs. He's had, eight, you know, he's had affairs, and she's like, I finally told him, be completely honest with me. Tell I can handle yeah. everything. I can't handle the lying and the secrets. Yeah. And like she, she actually wants to be on his side. But oftentimes wow. men won't let their woman in on his side. Now, I want to say this in the right context. Not all women are safe. Not all wives are safe. Mm. And so if you're in a relationship with an unsafe woman... That's not really a safe place to share your heart. But, yeah. But if you but if you are in a relationship with a pretty safe woman, I mean, we all have our moments, right? Mm -hmm. But she loves you and she's for you. Then you've got to find a way to open up your heart and let her in. And the more you let her in, the more she can be on your team, and the more you can face the hard things together. Okay. How does how do we do that as men? How do we how do we find this faith and vulnerability? And then still, you said something in a, at our conference last year. You said it's, it's tough being a man because at any particular moment, you have to, be, you have to perform. Mm -hmm. yeah. and, and, you know, men feel this pressure. How do we become vulnerable? Mm. And yet we're still, like, strong. Yeah. And then we're, you know, it's, it's how, do we, how do we do that in our faith? How do we do that within that context? Well, number one, I my, uh, my empathy goes out to you, man, because I think that is sort of a catch-22, mm, right? And yeah. like sometimes women can shame men, and they're like, see, that's why I'm, I can't be safe, and I have to stay. She wants me on my white horse, and yeah. I can't come off it and be real because I feel too much shame, and then she shames me. And that's really unfortunate. I think we have to learn how to stop shaming ourselves and stop shaming each other. And just acknowledge, hey, we are all human beings. I mean, God wrote 
books of the Bible, like Hosea and Isaiah, where yeah. he talks about basically, I mean, if I can just be really blunt, yeah. like we're all sort of horrors, but we're his beloved bride. Yeah. I, right? I mean, yeah. I know that no, that's pretty yeah. blunt, but I mean, we all have these human struggles. Yeah. And I think God is saying, it's okay, son. Like, I love you. I'm not ashamed mm. of you. I accept you. I want to help you with your struggles. I want to put you around other safe men and people who love you no matter what. So shame's a big issue. Yeah, it's a huge issue. Shame's a huge issue. And we see men in the Bible. We see men in our own lives. We see it in our own lives, Mm -hmm. how that can be something that tweaks us Mm -hmm. so that we don't respond properly. So God the Father says to us, as he said about his son, before his son had ever done anything, right? He's baptized, hasn't done a miracle, hasn't walked around, hasn't preached the kingdom. He has taken care of his mom. He has taken care of his family. And yet he hasn't, quote unquote, done the Messiah stuff. And yet God the Father says, this is my kid. This is my son. I am proud of him. So if you will, within our faith, within the context of our faith, finding Father God as a father Mm -hmm. who embraces us, loves us, does not put shame on us, that when when Paul wrote, there is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ, Nancy, we should actually receive that as men. And when we can receive that and embrace it, Mm -hmm. then we begin to be honest with ourselves when we're honest with ourselves, then we can be honest with our spouse, yeah. those around us. Yeah. Would that be accurate? Yeah, and I think we just have to be really honest with ourselves that we live in a very performance-driven world. Yeah. In the church, um, sexuality for men, I mean, the commercials we see, it's all performance-driven. Yeah. Pornography, it's all performance-driven. Yeah. You know, and so much of our world is performance-driven. And yes, we are meant to be able to perform in our jobs and in certain in our mm-hmm. roles, but yet at the heart of being human, it's like we are left completely apart from any of our performances. That's beautiful, right? And and I want to thank you for being with us yeah. today, Nancy. You've got uh, a new book coming out. I do, right? Yes. What's the title of it? The title is Love and Sex. Love and Sex. Yes. Well, that basically there says There we it. go. I, I want to see those two put back together instead of separated. Oh, that's beautiful. <laughs> I love that. And and you've also been speaking at Christian Men's Network at our Lions Roar conferences. Yeah. And uh, and so if we wanted to find you on uh, a website, where yeah. would we find that? Um, NancyHouston.net. Nancy Houston, just like the, the city, yeah. NancyHouston.net. Yes. And uh, and we can also access the materials, the tools. You're putting more tools on there all the time to help us become those people we desire to be. Yeah. Free of the shame. Yeah. Free of the guilt. Yeah. And uh, free to love each other in our marriages. Thank you, Nancy, for being with us. You're welcome, Paul. Good to see you. Good to see you. You've just experienced Brave Men with Paul Lewis Cole. Paul is president of the Global Fatherhood Initiative. Connect with Paul at bravemen.men. That's bravemen.men.